Hello and welcome back for another exciting episode of Clay's Plays. I'm your host, Clayton Holder, and it is good to be back. You know, last week we covered a few of my busts, you know, and explained why certain players such as Alvin Kamara and others could be potential busts this year. So if you missed that, feel free to head back and check out that first episode and give it a listen. Some pretty good content. And we're going to stay in that same kind of realm of bus sleeper breakouts here as we're going on to episode two of that series where we're going to dive into some sleepers here in a bit. And as you know, we had a very special guest who appeared on that last episode. His name was Corey. He got to come out. And this week, we have another special guest. And now, guys and girls, times are busy. Times are crazy. What we need to remember is that not everybody has the same work schedule. So with this next guest, he has such a crazy schedule. For one, he just got married. Two, just bought a house. And three, is trying to navigate this whole new work schedule. And so we're going to bring him on in a second. I'll do a big uh, intro to him, but I also want to point this out that Clay's Plays is making history tonight. This is our first ever remote podcast. I am super excited. You know, we're promoting social distancing. You know, we're, we're pro social distance here at Clay's Plays. So if there's a way we can make people feel safe, um, instead of having them come over to record or meet up with them, we can do it socially distanced. And that's what we're going to do. And I do apologize for the audio quality moving forward in the rest of this podcast for the rest of this episode. But brace yourself. There's some really good content coming up. And so with all that to say, here is my good pal, Daniel. <laughs> How's it going, Clay? Great to, great to hear from you. You know, glad to be here. Glad to make my Clay's Plays debut. Uh, I fully yes. approve the social distancing. It is a crazy time, man. We got to uh, we got to do what we can. Can do what I we can. know. It is. It really is crazy. And dude, I am the one who's honored to have you on the show. Uh, I remember when we when I sent you you heard the, the last week's podcast and you were just like, dude, I gotta I have stuff to share. And I was like, yeah, you do. Uh, because you and I have history with playing fantasy football together. Uh, we've been doing it for a little bit now and, you know, there's been a lot of good and bad memories, um, tons of close calls. And honestly, I don't want to say it was on my end, but really both of our ends, some pretty genius waiver wire pickups and definitely a lot of trash talk. (laughs) See, Clayton, I think that's where you're wrong, bud. I don't oh, really? remember a single bad memory <laughs> playing fantasy with you, man. You, you. There are times when you have creamed me across the floor, and mm. I still enjoyed that week because I'm just like, man, he got me. He got me good. He got me. No, we, you, you're you're the one that got me into fantasy football. Way like way back in the day, we were in community college together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you were my only high school friend that I had, so we stuck together. And mm-hmm. you introduced me into the world of fantasy football, and you've been there every single step of the way. 
in leagues with you and without you, I've relied on you heavily. So, folks, just keep in mind this is the one of the best sources I know for fantasy football. I am honored to have received that honor from you, that that blessing. Thank you so much. It means a lot. And, you know, yeah, it's true. We, we have been through a lot together. I'm glad I got to get you involved. And I think our lives were changed for the better and rich. because of this. And, you know, as I was prepping this, the podcast for this week, I was thinking, you know, I was like, Daniel's going to be on. It's going to be great. But what, what can I talk about with him besides sleepers, right? How can I introduce Daniel? And I... I don't think I could not introduce you and us playing fantasy football if I didn't talk about one of my favorite memories with you. And that was you were in a league with your older brother at the time. You were still in a league with us, I think, but you were in a league with your older brother. And I gave you some insight uh, to pick up Devonta Freeman off the waiver wire. I forgot how early on in the week it was. It was, it was a while back. And I, I may have you help me refresh my memory on how well you did oh, in yeah. that league, but I remember <laughs> you, uh, you were um, shocking your your oh. brother and his friends and family. Like, how was that for you? Being oh man, that, that 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 right there is one of my favorite memories too. Um, that was actually the very first season that we had played fantasy football in general. Um, you know, I had just done a draft with you the week prior, and I drafted that week. Um, I remember we were in class. <clears throat> no, we had just gotten out of class, I believe. And I I pulled up ESPN because we were using ESPN. And I said, hey, Clay, you know, the week's about to start. Here's the way. Here's who's was on the waiver wires. Let's see, you know, see if any names just jump out at you. And the very first name that jumped out was Devonta Freeman. And he said, nobody drafted him. Dude, you got to pick him up. You got to start him. And I was like, okay, man, you know, you're the expert here, not me. I played him that week. Actually, the funny thing, too, um, we'd went to my brother-in-law's house, who was the commissioner of the league that I was playing in with my older brother. And Uh we were watching that Atlanta Falcons game. And he looked at me before he started. He goes, why are you starting this Devonta guy? Like, who is he? I said, I don't know. My buddy said he might be good this week. So I figured I'd start him. And he went off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he had That's a multi-touchdown game, tons of yards. At the end of the game, both him and my older brother just looked at me and they're like, all right, you're cheating. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it was it was the best because it was like my first like real win in, like, in fantasy football outside here. And I was like, man, it's just, you know, my buddy Clay called it right. <laughs> and, and ever since then, they haven't invited me back to the league. I think it's been disbanded by now, but... Yeah, none yeah. of those guys were too happy to have me. In there. <laughs> I, I remember any confrontation I had with your older brother after that point. He just said, "Dude, why, 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 why are you telling Daniel all the all the secrets, huh? Why are you giving him help, dude? He's cheating. He can't use you anymore." And I think any conversation I try to get your brother to come play in our league, uh, it's always a hard pass. I don't think he wants to to face off against what we have, or because he could honestly he the league, stand the we, smoke. <laughs> no, and we play in an interesting league. We're, we're pro PPR and for our leagues, and also yeah. IDP. We like the individual defensive players oh, here. Yeah. We like to see the points rack up on the board. And oh yeah, we we have very high values in our league. Yes, any extra points 
for players that we can get, we will use. It it really has been fun. And dude, here we are. Oh yeah. It's just you and me getting to talk about our own experience. Right? We get to share some knowledge. Yes, we do. We get to help uh help some people hopefully in a a similar boat as us maybe start thinking about some players. Do we take take what take what what we say with a grain of salt? Now, I'm definitely mm-hmm. no expert, but there's just some things we see, things that we uh we feel like we want to share with you. Absolutely. Trends we've noticed. I know everybody has a different way to draft nowadays and I think everybody feels like they have the right way to draft. But with that being said, I kind of want to touch on some news, notes, and injury updates for around the league for this past week. And start it off, you know, Saquon Barkley. Somebody rated as a top, well, used to be a top three running back. Now it's kind of falling in drafts. Um, he has been injured. He has torn ACL. He's been activated off the pup list and will now be initiated into individual drills on the side of the field. Their head coach, Joe Judge, has, Joe Judge has actually said that Barkley has not been ruled out from preseason action, which honestly, with me as a Barkley owner, I'm torn right now in one of our keeper leagues if I want to keep Barkley. And I would rather him be a f- full participant in practice before the preseason game, but not play. <laughs> I don't want him to risk getting hurt. No, and I, I so, think, you know, I think the Giants, they're going to – they they're holding on to Saquon. Their success is very, very dependent on a strong running game from Saquon Barkley. I mean, they, yeah. you know, he's such a he's such a talented running back. Actually, it's funny. I remember a couple of years back whenever you beat me in the championship of our league – uh, mm-hmm. The only reason you won was because of Saquon Barkley. He yeah. went off for, I think, 40 points. And I told myself, I said, man, if if, if he's available next year, I'm going to draft him out of spite. Yep, I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's the news on Saquon. Uh, we all – and here at Clay's Plays, like, we don't ever want – to have somebody just stay hurt, right? We, 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 no. We're always encouraging them. We, we want them to succeed. We want them to get back on the field. Right. Even if though. Anything, if anything, it's better for everybody right. because the more stars you have, the more stars that get spread across the league. Better competition. Exactly. Yes. Even though it is really fun just to destroy everybody in your league by 30 points plus each week. <laughs> but um, one of the guys I think you uh, were going to talk about, Daniel, was Amari Cooper. What's up with him? Uh, Mari Cooper. Well, first off, let me preface by my family raised me to be a Cowboys fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Ever since I started playing fantasy football, I think I've kind of fallen into the realm of the realistic Cowboys fan. I, I brand myself as the Cowboys fan who's not sitting there saying, oh, this is the year we're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm the guy that's like, yeah, maybe nine and seven. <laughs> yeah, respectable, respectful. Yeah. But, you know, with, with that being said, I think the Cowboys offense is already looking, you know, they're already looking like they're going to make a bigger surge this year. I think Dak Prescott's, you know, look coming back from, from his season-ending injury last year. He's still dealing with the, uh, the shoulder, but that just makes, you know, more of an upside for Amari Cooper. Uh, I know they're, um, they're looking at him activated off the pup list they uh doesn't mean he's going to rejoin the practice right away uh but it is a step in the right direction and i think that just being you know 
just got it close to 100 percent is you know i think it's pretty confident i think you can count on him being ready for the uh for the season opener uh and then just you know like i said you know that cowboys offense you know there's a lot of high hopes going around um and i don't think that's just delusion from a person who sees a lot of the delusion you know i Mm -hmm. think a lot of it's very founded and, uh, you know, there's actually some, you know, something to something to be had here. Uh, so Absolutely. I think, you know, with Omari coming back, season opener, wide rec- I think he's a wide receiver one. I would put him in, in WR1 for sure. Yeah, it's exciting to see because I spoke with Corey about this a little bit last week. I want to see explosive, offense be, uh, explosive offenses because that means more fantasy production. And I'm a fantasy connoisseur. I yeah. want to see guys like Amari Cooper. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to be a have a great year this year as long as Dak can stay healthy. And I think that's the key. You know, the Cowboys are doing everything they need to rest up Dak Prescott because they saw how valuable he was to not have him out on the field last year. And what he, especially with seeing how he started the season and then what how the Cowboys were without him for the rest of the season. It was very uh, dismal. <laughs> performance oh man it was tough to watch it was tough to watch and I felt like I was consoling broken hearts most of the end of last season Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. another guy I want to kind of touch on here is Michael Carter you know he's been a standout at the Jets running back camp he's a rookie he a lot of people will overlook him because in college he was the 1b to the 1a of Javante Williams who is with the Denver Broncos now and he has been dominating the Jets camp but yet he's listed on the death chart as the fourth running back which is just a situation kind of worth monitoring especially since the guys who are listed ahead of him you know Tevin Coleman, LaMichael Pirine and Ty Johnson really aren't all that great if I'm being honest. I think Michael Carter he's a little smaller frame think like Tariq Cohen a little bit but potentially better hands moving forward. So that's a situation to kind of monitor. Yeah. And then, you know, honestly, Clayton, I think really, you know, sorry to interrupt you there. I think no, really that's, you. that's kind of almost the definition of a sleeper is somebody who is going to get overlooked in a lot of, uh, a lot of leagues, oh, maybe yeah. a lot of, you know, surface skimming, you know, owners out there, they'll just, they'll see our, you know, he's the fourth running back and they're like, nah, I'm not doing nothing with that. But exactly. for one of one of you owners who maybe has some some space to fit him in on your bench, maybe late in draft or off the waivers, that's just something you got to you got to watch and see where that goes because he Absolutely. could very there's the potential there to just take over that that top spot or even fill into a committee. I think even a committee is they're becoming more common nowadays, and you know there's a lot of benefit to uh, to having some of those, but. Again, you know, still well, we'll call it as it is. He's still the fourth listed, and we're yeah. going to monitor it closely before slapping our seal of approval on it. Absolutely, dude. So, like you were saying, he really is the definition of a sleeper, and these are kind of guys that we really want to, you know, take a look at guys who are going undrafted and or going at the end of drafts or who play above their draft value, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about here in a bit too, but – there's a lot of rookies who have so much promise this year. One of the the next guy I want to talk about real quick uh, was Rashad Bateman, one of those guys who has been getting a lot of hype this this preseason and off season. He ended up limping off the field the other day at practice and now appears to have a soft tissue injury. 
and they don't really know the severity of it. Hopefully it's he's not out for too long because their other two top wide receivers, Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin, are already dealing with soft tissue injuries of their own. So that could mean that to start the year, the only healthy pass catchers that the Ravens have are Sammy Watkins and Mark Andrews. So just keep that in mind, I'd say, going forward with the Ravens. Just watch those pass-catching situations because that can mean guys like Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, they kind of slide in drafts a little bit, which means you could probably get them at a better value. And or if people aren't aware of that, you know, Sammy Watkins could be a good first round pick or Mark Andrews gets elevated a little bit early on to be potentially used for trade bait. I agree, man. I think, you know, Bateman kind of goes alongside with um, Michael Carter. There is, you know, it's one of those situations you just got to got to monitor. You got to see how's it going. Like what, how are the rest of the team, the teammates doing there in Baltimore and just make that decision for yourself. I don't think if you're struggling to pick Rashad Bateman over somebody else, then the decision's not that heavy for you to really sweat it out. You know, if that's what you're faced with, I think just go flip a coin at that point. You know, you it's Mm -hmm. not going to be the he's not going to win your league. Or listen to Clay's plays. Or listen to Clay's plays exactly, and we'll get you set right for who to draft, who to take, who to pick up those kind of situations. Sorry, I had to do the own self-plug there. Next up, uh, I think you've got a little bit of info on him, or these next couple of guys here. Uh, What do you got on Darren Waller? Man, Darren Waller. I love talking about tight ends, mostly just because right now there's a handful of them at the most where they're just, like, consistent. For that reason, I, I, I haven't had the pleasure of owning him, but... Darren Waller is one of the guys I just love to see him do well. Um, I think last I saw on him, they have him on sideline work um, during today's practice, which usually means he's a day, that's a day-to-day injury. And having uh, that day-to-day this early before the season, that's, just, that's, that's, that's what you hope for. I mean, obviously you hope your players aren't hurt, but if you are right. looking at some players that you might want to draft big, and Darren Waller is one of those guys you maybe want to be looking at sooner rather than later, being day to day right now, so many weeks mm-hmm. out from the season opener, that's just prime. That is just prime real estate there. Um, exactly. You, this this is the time you would want them to be recovering because there's not like especially with Darren Waller, he's a high caliber player, I'd say. And the Raiders are going to treat him how they should. They're not going to rush him back. Having him day to day this early just means they're being cautious with him and really want to make sure that he's right for the season because he's a guy that they really depend on. No, seriously. And there's only like a handful at most of tight ends in the league that you can just put them in your roster and not even have to think about because you're going to get a consistent, you know, five, six catches, you know, maybe a TD a week. He's going to, he gets, he gets action. He gets attention. That's Mm -hmm. somebody you really want to pay closer attention to and be ready to shell out early in your draft. I think, you know, based on my experience in our league, Clayton, we go based where, where where the volume is, whether it's a tight end, whether it's a running back, whether it's a wide receiver, you yeah. know, there's almost no rules when it comes to us drafting. You know, we will draft a tight end early if it means you're getting a, a Travis Kelsey, a George Kittle, a Darren Waller, if you will. Right. 
So somebody who's know, commanding really, the volume in that offense. Yes. Volume is key. Volume is mm-hmm. good in our sport. Uh someone else that's listed down here, Kenny Galladay. What's what's up with that? Yeah. Any updates? Uh Kenny. Kenny. The Giants, I think, you know, you can almost kind of say the same thing with Saquon with Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay. The Giants, they just acquired him this year. They're they're gonna take their time with him. I I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play the season opener against Denver just because Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, those are players that really carry the weight of the success of the Giants. If they're not going to be healthy and do well, the Giants aren't going to do well. You know, that's, right. you know, unfortunately, just the way that that is. They're going to take the time with him, that's for sure. Um, but I'm just, you know, I, I drafted him last year early, and, you know, he was successful for me for the first stint before I traded him off, and, yeah, you know, it he, was me. He... I traded. I, I took him from you, and it was the worst trade I've ever done. Uh, I didn't want to say it, but thank Ugh. you for saying it for me. Uh, yeah, no, I think you know he's definitely going to get you some good upside, and definitely something to monitor, right there. But honestly, can't go wrong with Kenny Holiday. Just be ready to make some roster space for him. Maybe sit out that first week and flip him right in there. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's a one-two kind of deal there with the Giants, where I think. Kenny Galladay may be okay if Saquon's not back, like if Kenny Galladay beats him back. But if Saquon beats Galladay back, I don't know if that necessarily helps Saquon because then I don't feel like too much else has really changed. I know they drafted Kadarius Tony, and that might help out in the slot or on the outside because Sterling Shepard's going to do his thing. But with Kenny Galladay there to really work the outside, it's going to ideally – open up some of the running lanes or pass catching opportunities out of the backfield for Saquon. Oh, so yeah. as, a, as a Saquon fan, like I'm wanting, I might not be the biggest Kenny Galladay fan, especially how I got burned by him last year, but I will want, I do want him to come back so that Saquon can do well. I think that, I think just honestly that well, in NFC East, if I'm not mistaken, like if you mm-hmm. look at the giants and then you look at the Cowboys it's almost like the same situation in regards to there's a lot of positivity airing around how their offenses are going to do, but like two different Mm -hmm. approaches, if you will, you know, the Cowboys, they didn't make any really big trades and signs, you know, the offense you're looking at is in a sense, maybe the, some of the peak potential of what they could be, you know, you got healthy players all around Dak, Zeke, uh, Amari, CeeDee Lamb on the flip, at the Giants here and the Giants, you know, they, they opted to get Kenny Galladay in there to really get him going. If you think about it, they're getting Saquon when they didn't have him last year. And, you know, it's almost looking like a new offense. So that's going to be a really interesting race to see there. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a, you know, a sprint to the finish, but that's just going to be a yeah. fun one to watch. Just see how each of those teams, you know, perform during the regular season. I'm going to be, you know, pretty invested in that. Just aside from being a Cowboys fan, just to see, oh, like, dude, man. I'm gonna be invested in the Ryan Fitzpatrick magic, Ryan Fitzmagic over there, dude, with Washington. Uh, that's that's the train I'm on in the NFC East. <laughs> and last, real, lastly, real quick here, uh, Justin Jefferson, the darling, the new toy that the Vikings get to use. You know, he's dealing with a sprained left AC joint. After further testing, everything came back clean, so he's good. There's no super big structural damage and he is considered day-to-day though and this is something that like you said we've seen some of these other teams do and with Jefferson kind of really 
blossoming into his own player in this high of high caliber status, usurp Adam Thielen and really taking the throne from him as the number one receiver in that offense. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing for Thielen as well. I think it's going to help him open up, but having Jefferson Wright is really key for the Vikings. It's something that's, we, as fantasy managers too, because that's those are the two people I'm really torn on keeping in, in our league for our keeper draft. Saquon or Justin Jefferson? Who's my third keeper? <laughs> it, I was going to drop Adams until Rodgers came back, and then I was going to just run Jefferson, Barkley, and Kelsey, but now I don't know. I want Adams there now if Rodgers is back. You got to. You have to. Honestly, yeah. I I'm, I'm one of the poor souls that's making the decision to keep Russell Wilson. I know that was a that might have been a hot take considering the last that episode aired. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was your hot yeah. take. I had to it, resist not you know slamming on the brakes in the car on my way to work. Like but, what? <laughs> but I my my whole thing. I mean, we can we can dig into this later if we, if if we got the mm-hmm. time. My thing is you know I if I don't keep him. You know, all the rest of these top tier quarterbacks, at least in our league, this is just you know, personally our league, all the rest of our quarterbacks are, you know, all the rest of the good ones, the top tier ones, they're being kept. So if I yeah. drop him, I would get either equal or lesser value on the draft runs. So mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to hop in the, the Russ kitchen for the season. We're going to see how that one turns out. We're going to see if the, the coaching staff's going to let him cook. I I'm going to hope for the best. I'm going to expect the worst because I know Seattle likes to run that balanced attack. But yep, yeah. we're going to see. We're going to see there. where it goes. Well, Daniel, hopefully hopefully, I can I can open up your mind a little bit about some other quarterbacks. And maybe, maybe just maybe, you might even change your your keeper pick here. That, that That's my job on this episode is to give you some potential sleepers at quarterback and sleepers at other positions that might make you question – and see these players in a new light heading into the season. So with that, I'm going to dive straight into it. We'll save the quarterbacks a little bit uh, later. Uh, I want to talk about wide receivers, but before we dive straight into that group, I want to kind of define what makes a player a sleeper. From my understanding, the way that I view sleepers are, you know, they could be any player that we draft in a later round of the draft who has upside to provide value that's better than where they're being drafted. Or... It could be someone who isn't even getting drafted that we can add to our teams after the draft or as the season goes on who are end up producing at a much higher level than what all the rankings say, right? Or what these, quote, experts and right. what the projection experts say, right? These are the guys who we, we like the sleeper picks. They're the later round guys. Guys aren't being drafted that really help carry the team and can be the surprise element to your team. Oh, yeah. So with that, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to dive into the wide receivers. And this wide receiver class, the wide receiver class, I feel like is always pretty deep. This year, I feel like it's even deeper. And it was really tough just picking three players to talk about. Like, I have a lot more sleepers at wide receiver. And this first one technically isn't even, it's technically two as one. And that is... LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones. LaVisca Chenault fits into the perfect kind of scheme, the perfect mold, the type of wide receiver that their new quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, likes to throw to. And I think that because of the namesake with DJ Chark, a lot of people are forgetting that Marvin Jones actually is talented and is really just a better version of DJ Chark, at least in my opinion. 
So if you really look at it, Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault are going a few rounds later. And to me, that's where the value lies with these guys, LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones. Because DJ Chark, he's he's one of the top 20, 25 receivers going off the board in some of the rankings that I've seen. And I can't justify taking him as the lead guy when, one, he came into camp hurt, right? And then you have Marvin Jones, who not a lot of people, he's getting no love, no respect. And then same thing with LaVisca Chenault. And LaVisca Chenault is already kind of like taking over as that wide receiver one for that offense and with people when they're taking DJ Chark. But this is just my opinion. I think LaVisca Chenault slash Marvin Jones is a good example of guys who you can take later on in the draft. What 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 are your opinions on, you know, something that I look for, Clayton, with wide receivers, um, even more so sleepers, because those are maybe something that the experts don't always pick up on, is looking for those receivers who have built a good rapport with their quarterback, having like mm-hmm. a chemistry, just feeling like, you know, outside of the game that you guys are just like friends, you're bros, that being able to click, to me, that's key because that definitely, in my opinion, affects the performance on the field. It's like, right. you know, when you're good right. friends with somebody, you can almost predict what they're going to do next. And, you know, that split second of, I know he's going to cut in, so I'm going to throw the ball right there where he does cut in. You know, those those are those are big leagues. That could be the difference between a touchdown or not, or, you know, a mm-hmm. big gain. And I think both Levishka Chenault and Marvin Jones have, I think they've shown that they're building a good rapport with Trevor Lawrence, which is key, especially coming into a, you know, a new offense. Right. And DJ Chark's someone that I'm, I really don't, I don't want to draft. Um, that's one person I'm definitely avoiding. And if you are looking for another sleeper, Daniel, let me try to sell you here on Mr. Mike Williams. Okay. He has looked amazing at camp so far. And I don't know if you know this, but they got rid of Hunter Henry this offseason. I did. I did see that news. That, so, one, that one was surprising to me. <laughs> so that opens up more targets for Williams. And Justin Herbert's not a bad quarterback. It's not like this is a tight end, you know, he's or this is a receiver. He's not like he's a receiver who's playing his first time with, like, a new quarterback. Like, he has the that connection with just Justin Herbert. Right. Dude, Mike Williams – is currently sitting at wide receiver 49 in the rankings, which oh. I think is super disrespectful, for one. <laughs> and two, that means he's he's going in drafts at the one, uh, around 120th overall, which oh, if you're playing man. in like a 10-team league, like one of our leagues is a 10-teamer, um, that's around round 12 <laughs> in the draft. That is baffling to me. I Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, first off, you know, selling me on anybody from the Chargers is already pretty tough. I I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just a bias. <laughs> but with that being said, I would I could I could see the case for Mike Williams clear as yeah. day. I think you know he's definitely uh, almost just fits the bill of a sleeper. He's a afterthought. Oh, dude! A lot of people. You're gonna draft. like the rest of these then. <laughs> If it's, you know, going back to what you said, it's like a definition of a sleeper. And he's, you know, one of those bigger ones that in maybe a deeper league, you know, you might have to, you know, bid something on him, you know, get a little, you know, lucky with some waiver lines. But for those for those 10 man, 10 man leagues, 
Yeah. Boy, are you going to be sad if you and, if and you, even you in twelve, in even if you're in like a twelve man league too. Oh yeah. That that means round ten. That's round ten value yeah. for the wide I, receiver two on his team. You 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 sold me on him. I I think that's a fantastic. Like, he might be one of my favorite sleeper picks that you have in this list. Uh, oh well, you haven't heard about my next guy. His name is <laughs> Darnell Mooney. He's a sophomore player. You know, a lot of people are trying to avoid some of these guys because. The term sophomore slump comes into play. But, man, this dude, he looked really good when he, he flashed what he could be as a rookie last year. But there was only one issue. There was inconsistent quarterback play. And there was a guy ahead of him who was getting more a lot more touches, and that was Anthony Miller. But guess what? Anthony Miller is now gone. He's not on the team anymore. So that moves Mooney up to the number two role, right, behind Allen right. Robinson. And Anthony Miller took a lot of targets away. So that means Darnell Mooney's going to get the majority of those targets now, too. And I can only see a better passing offense with Justin Fields at the helm and hopefully Andy Dalton after or before Fields takes over. I, I think it's in a, a matter of time. I don't think Andy Dalton's going to be able to make it to keep the Bears winning in a capacity to where uh, eventually to hold off Fields for a longer amount of time. But Dalton wasn't bad for fantasy, and, and and Mooney kind of fits that build of like a Tyler Boyd-esque type of player, you know, somebody who's going to run the slot a little bit more. And so I think even with Dalton there, I think it's a safe floor for Mooney. But, dude, here's the mind-blowing thing here. Ready? Ready. He's going right after Mike, Mike Williams. Williams. So wide rec- <laughs> wide rec- Mike Williams was the wide receiver 49. Darnell Mooney's the wide receiver 50. That's awesome. And, that, and is, that drops, that him, is that drops him down. Dude, right? It drops him down five spots overall. So 125th overall. I think I, that situation that Mooney's got there in uh, in Chicago is just so, so great. You know, whenever really you've got is. a name like Allen Robinson ahead of you, that's going to draw him attention. That's going to draw him some double teams. That's going to, you know, ship that defense to shutting him down and whenever Allen Robinson gets shut down mm-hmm. you're like you're next in line you're right there you're gonna get the ball fielded to you and it's just gonna it's it's like I said it's a great situation all around to be in for mm-hmm. potential Mooney owners out there and you know throw that hand in hand you know he's going you know maybe 10th 11th that's perfect for you know a solid sleeper pick Perfect right. guy to keep on your radar, to have on your list, to where if he's still down there, go ahead. I With all confidence, pick him up. That's just Absolutely. a great, great situation. Because, I, I love that. Yeah, because by then, you know, those guys with, like, Mike Williams and Darnell Mooney, it's like you're already drafting for your wide receiver three or your wide receiver four, right, by that right. point in the draft if you've structured it. And if those guys are the guys you're drafting as your wide receiver four or wide receiver five, in good hands, it's, bud. <laughs> that is amazing. Yes. I'm, I'm sold, and, man. You sold me on those last two. Thanks, dude. I'm glad I could sell you. It, it brings me honor. <laughs> the next group I want to talk about are the running backs, and they're very similar to the wide receivers, as I feel like there's tons of them at sleepers that a lot of people are overlooking. So actually, I got a, I got a little bit of everything here. One's a rookie. One's a guy on a new team. The other guy is just being outright overlooked. I'm excited for this. I'll be honest with you. I love my running backs. I'm a very running back heavy uh, drafter. I enjoy the the production you can get 
out of a solid running back. So I, you know, looking at what you've sent so far, I'm just really excited to get into these guys. You have, you have spread the board, sir. You have picked one from each category and we're going to, we're going to rock it. I hope I've I hope I've intrigued you with just those wide receivers because this is only the second category here. I'll, I'll be honest. If your play is to get me to change my sleepers or to change <laughs> to change my keepers, forgive me, um, just so you can pick up on somebody I may drop. You know, you're doing a good job. No, 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 no. I would never do that intentionally. <laughs> intentionally. Well, then, how about I go ahead and just get us started off it, dude? My number one sleeper at the running back position. It's a guy by the name of Jamal Williams. We know him. We love him from the Green Bay Packers. And he just joined the Detroit Lions this year in a system that, honestly, as much as we hate it, they like to use a multi-back system. And I would love for DeAndre Swift to just get all of the carries. I know you would too because you have him on your team that I was thinking you might have kept him. I don't know if you're still thinking about it. But I would love it if Swift just to get all those carries. But naturally, they don't do that. No, honestly, I I think that's you're going to continue to see that in the league. I think a lot of these teams are realizing that, hey, if we use a two-back system, that's going to maybe extend the value, you know, the longevity of these players. As much as it grinds our – as much as it grinds our gears as fantasy owners to have our top Nick Chubb just, you know, out there only to have him getting pulled on half of his downs to make room for Kareem Hunt. Yep. You know, as much as we don't like it, it might, I, I, you know, I can, I don't think it's going away anytime soon, but. Mm-hmm. So DeAndre Swift, we all think we all, I think you and I can both agree that phenomenal player, but. Guess what, dude? Jamal Williams, he's pretty talented too. He's used to he's used to being in these multi-back systems when he was with Green Bay. He's even used to being the main guy when Aaron Jones was hurt. And right now, he's going at running back 43, which we just talked about where the overalls were going ahead of us with in the wide receiver group with Mike Williams and Darnell Mooney. This dude's going right before Mike Williams at pick 119 overall. And so that means you can get him in about the 11th, 12th round. Oh, yeah. He's not going to be on too many people's radars. I can promise no, you that. Not at all. And look at, who, look at who their new quarterback is. It's Jared Goff. The talented Jared Goff. The talented Jared Goff. And really, the only other like established pass catchers on the team are, or really is, TJ Hawkinson. And that's it. Because they, add, they brought in Brashad Perriman, I believe, Tyrell Williams. They've got a rookie and... Amon Ross St. Brown, who I think could be a potential do well as a rookie, but the only establishment that we have is like, okay, we know for sure this guy can catch is TJ Hawkinson and Jamal Williams. You maybe even to wait later than the 119th pick to grab Jamal Williams, especially in if you're playing in an IDP league like we do, Daniel. Yes. Because around the 11th, 12th spot, that's about halfway through our draft around there. That's when that's like the turn for defenses and these defensive players to start. Oh, yeah. It's always a cascade. You know, one owner gets ambitious and picks up a, a star lineman or a star linebacker, and, and then, it sends a panic out. through the rest. Yeah, people freak yeah. out and they start picking up all these players, which means you might even be able to benefit off of that and sneak some of these guys into those 
where they were, you know, maybe even sneak some people that should have gone earlier into those picks while everybody's panicking. And mm-hmm. then once the panic dies down, look who's sitting there on your plate, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams right there. Now, I believe that there was a an interview or a report talking with their coach, and he's hoping that it becomes like a Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram type of role there. When they were with the Saints, Mark Ingram was kind of that thunder, and Alvin Kamara was the lightning. Man, what, what, a, what, a, what a time that was. Thank what you, thank you. I like to use terms like that. And <laughs> so if I haven't sold you on him, let me sell you on the next guy, okay? Running back. Mr. Gus the Bus Edwards. Ah, uh, yes. Gus Edwards. Honestly, all the running back attention last year was focused on J.K. Dobbins as like everybody was like, okay, when's he going to take over for Mark Ingram? When's he going to do it? But yeah. Edwards was still there, and he was – honestly getting things done and the best part about this with with Gus Edwards is hey Mark Ingram's gone now he's with the Texans which means that they're really only running a two running back beast with Dobbins and Edwards and I know Lamar Jackson's gonna get his work but with Ingram gone I think it immediately frees up more space for Edwards to continue to get more work and like I said you can get this guy near the Jamal Williams range he's going one pick one running back slot rated after Jamal Williams. So Gus Edwards at RB44, and Jamal Williams is at RB43. So oh, yeah. this dude's going so much later. It's uh, it's honestly really exciting to see. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, Clayton. Um, we were waiting for the the J.K. Dobbins show last year, but you know, meanwhile in the in the back a little bit, you could see Gus Edwards just coming alive during his opportunities with Mark Ingram gone. That is prime time. I think, you know, if I were looking at two back successful two back systems, I I would, I would keep Baltimore way up on my radar. Just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good thing. It's just a good situation for Gus Edwards to be, you know, as I touched on before the trend of two back committees, and there's a lot oh, yeah. of talent in those Baltimore backs. There really is. And that's definitely something you can capitalize on mm-hmm. and, you know, make a quick little steal in your draft. Personally, I love, I love sleeper talk just because it, you know, leads into draft talk. And that's one of my favorite, it's my favorite yes. time of year is fantasy draft time. And dude, the thing to, rem- to, to be mindful of, especially with the running back position, because I feel like that's one of the positions that, injuries happen a lot faster and there's more of an immediate impact when one of these running backs gets hurt for the next guy up. Oh yeah. So in these situations where you have a Deandre Swift, Jamal Williams, if Swift goes down, Williams is going to be the guy. He's the only guy. If Dobbins goes down, Edwards is the the bus Edwards show. Yes. So that's one thing to consider I, I usually don't consider it super much. Like I said, I usually look at like injury risk versus reward towards later, towards the end of the draft. But with these guys going RB43 and RB44, like that's, what did I say? He's going in the 11th, 12th round. Yeah. You can get Gus Edwards in the 11th, 12th round. I am happy with that, especially since oh, yeah. homeboy J.K. Dobbins is going in like the fourth, fifth. I think latest I've seen him is sixth round. 
So you're getting them double the rounds later where you can stack up everywhere else. And, you know, there's there's success in that. There's success in picking up, you know, maybe maybe you were one of the guys that got lucky and you drafted J.K. Dobbins and you right. know, you already, you've already got a solid running back core, but then 11th, 12th round comes around. Look who's sitting there. Take Gus your handcuffs. Gus Edwards. Yeah. Take your handcuffs. I did that last year with Nick Chubb. And then I think my very last pick of the draft was Kareem Hunt. And it I worked thought, out great for I'll you. T- I'll, I'll just take the handcuff. Maybe I'll shell him off for some capital. Turns out it worked great. And Dude. those success stories happen. They may not get talked about as much, but you know, mm-hmm. keep these guys on your radar, especially especially if you're a Dobbins owner. You know, let's say mm-hmm. Dobbins gets hurt, you're already set up. Exactly. And now the last guy I want to talk about, honestly, I think you could really throw in any of the other two rookie running backs in the spot as well. That being, you know, Trey Sermon for the 49ers or Michael Carter. We talked a little bit earlier about with the Jets. Both of those guys are in timeshare backfields. And even though they, they're, they're going to get touches, they're talented. They would still have to wait for an injury to one of the veterans ahead of them. Plus, they may be p- playing with rookie quarterbacks. And I've been playing fantasy for a bit, and I don't remember a time when there's been a rookie running back and rookie quarterback combo that's really worked out. I think you need to have some kind of leadership there, some kind of direction, especially when calling plays and audibling, which is why I put Javante Williams ahead of these guys on a sleeper pick. He's currently, I think he actually might be going ahead of Melvin Gordon in drafts. You know, he's with the Broncos, but he's guaranteed to get some solid work right off the bat. Like they drafted him early in the draft for a reason. And Melvin Gordon, like we talked about earlier with these other two guys, if he gets hurt, Javante Williams has the skill set to be that bell cow back for the Broncos. And he's either going to be playing with Drew Locke, which Melvin Gordon had to deal with and did what he did, or Teddy Bridgewater. And if it's, I'm kind of hoping it's Bridgewater because if that's the case, I think Javante Williams could be a very, very um, sneaky RB2, potential frisk RB1 with the upside of him catching passes out of the backfield from Bridgewater like Bridgewater did with Christian McCaffrey whenever Christian McCaffrey was healthy last season oh yeah no I I think you know there's always a handful of uh rookies probably less that just explode their first year in the league mm-hmm. Javante Williams has the potential for that I, I I see a potential James Robinson in the making here I think a lot of people snuck him into their drafts or even didn't even draft him last year and then at the end of it those owners may have (laughs) may have sat there as the winners of their leagues um so i'm thinking about javante williams kind of in the same way as i was thinking of uh james robinson last year and that's just somebody to uh to watch to see how they perform and and you know every so often you've got that rookie that's just you know lightning in a bottle they come in they get it right they pass up maybe some of those older you know running backs for the top top spot and then like to me Denver is one of those teams that's definitely gonna they're gonna run you know they're gonna run they're they're (laughs) I think it's probably like right there neck and neck with how effective their passing is so just you know keep an eye on you know real good sleeper to to just monitor watch closely those first few seasons you're probably going to be able to pick him up even after your draft he's probably going to be chilling right there on your waiver wire and yeah you make a really good point daniel uh just just one thing to uh remember though 
with Javante Williams, you will be having to pay up a little bit more to get this kind of guy. And that just means, you know, he's going around the sixth, seventh round in drafts right now. And that may continue to climb just depending on the reports at a camp for how he's doing. But you got to remember that the reason I put him here over those guys like Trey Sermon and Michael Carter is that he'll have immediate impact. He doesn't have to wait for another injury to go ahead. You know, the Broncos like to try to use those multiple kind of backs in there as well. But Javante Williams is going to be making that immediate impact. And I think that's not a bad price to pay for someone who could be the starter. And, you know, a lot of the reports are still saying that he's going to end up taking over the role for Melvin Gordon at some point in the year, too. Yeah, no, I think you're I think you're right. I think that he's he's going to come in. He's going to rock the boat. He's going to as we get closer to draft day, he may be someone to fade. But it just depends on where the value's at. If he ends up pushed up all the way to round two, I don't know if I would be able to risk it Risk it for a round two pick. Ooh, I don't think I would. <laughs> no, there's more value. But talking of, speaking of value, man, I want to cover – I want to cover some quarterback sleepers real quick, man. And let me tell you, first guy we all know and love – well, you might not love him, but you know him, and that's Joe Burrow. And honestly, I think a lot of people kind of forgot about – how much Joe was improving with each game he played last year as a rookie. He was getting a better understanding for the NFL and the speed of the NFL. And now they added Jamar Chase in the offseason, that draft pick. And it wasn't the GMs. I mean, the GM was the one who made the pick. You know, they, they put the pick in, but it was Joe Burrow who was advocating and telling them to take Jamar Chase instead of an offensive lineman. Because I know the big concern here is, well, Burrow can't throw to Jamar Chase if he can't – the pocket breaks down, you know. And Jamar Chase has just been such a standout at camp. He – Jamar Chase is – he's been – he's being ranked as a, you know, top 12 receiver already. <laughs> and he's just a rookie. So, I'm, I know I'm super excited about this. I'm on the Jamar Chase hype train. But – and so, if, if I'm on the Jamar Chase hype train, you know, look at his other receivers who he's – he still has T. Higgins. Yes. And Tyler Boyd, who did great. And Joe Mixon's still in there. No, I know Joe Mixon. He's the guy that everybody loves to hate because they pick him up. He gets tons of touches, tons of volume. It's just sometimes it just, it just doesn't produce. And I think with the wide receiver core of Chase, Higgins, and Boyd now as a very solid wide receiver core, I think Joe Mixon will even flourish. I think you'll see that this offense begins to flourish a little bit more. I know the reports at camp have been saying that the defense has been destroying them and that the offense really has looked poor. And, you know, Joe Burrow has even said that it's it's a lot of mental things going on. His knee feels great. It's just the mental stuff coming back into it. But, you know, he's, he's listed as the QB 13, puts him in, you know, eight, ninth round. I mean, this is a guy that... You know, you believe in the weapons around him. He's got great weapons. You know, this reminds me of, honestly, it makes me think of the first year I ever played fantasy football. I had Jay Cutler as my quarterback ah, for the Chicago Bears. He had just Cutler. thrown an insane amount of interceptions the year before I took him. I was not aware of that. But I took him because, one, he had Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Matt Forte, so with all those weapons that Jay Cutler had, I see that with Joe Burrow now. Things are starting to form a bit. And I just 
yeah, I could see him really being like a sneaky top eight guy. You know, what what do you think about Joe Burrow there? Oh, without a doubt. I know, honestly, what, what really impresses me with Joe Burrow and the Bengals, that organization is just, they're giving him everything, man. They're including him in a lot of these decisions. They're, you know, invested in what he's doing. They believe in Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about that is it almost, in a sense, you know, just, it's like a metaphorical blank check, if you will, to where you can just... Mm run the like you you get to pick who the guys you're around you get to have this yeah. amazing talent as you were describing and look at you and, preaching to the fantasy community right there with those <laughs> when you words of prophecy you. thank you when, whenever it's just it's refreshing to see when an organization believes so much in their young quarterback that they're willing to do like do everything to cater to him it only sets them up for success i think i'm a big believer mm-hmm. in you know a lot of the successes from the organization around you, you know, how do they set you up for success? How do they remove those hurdles? Right. And that's something I've just seen embodied out of Cincinnati with yeah. Joe Burrow. So just for that, you know, keep him in mind. If you don't, if you're in a keeper league and you're not keeping a QB, you know, keep Joe Burrow in mind. He's going to be yeah, a good draft. I'm not, for you. Keep, I'm not keeping a QB. And like, honestly, I may just wait and grab one of these three sleepers I have here because that's how much I believe in these guys that I've put on the list. And I kind of want to get to number two here. I may have listed, I should have probably listed him as number three just for how outrageous you might think it is. But I'm going to go with Sam Darnold as a sleeper. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. The biggest question is probably like, okay, why is he here? He doesn't belong on a sleeper list. Well, why are we get, me, why are we gonna have? Yeah, let, let Kate, me, tell me, man. Let me tell you why Sam Darnold's <laughs> on my sleeper list. Okay, it all starts with my relationship with Adam Gase at the New York Jets, formerly, before that, of the Miami Dolphins, who ruined Montana Hill, then went on to the New York Jets to ruin Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold. But now, guess what? Adam Gase is gone. And Sam Darnold is with the best supporting cast that he's ever been a part of in the league. He has Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who, let me tell you, Robbie Anderson was made relevant by Sam Darnold when they they had this connection in New York. I couldn't believe it that Robbie Anderson was actually good with Sam Darnold. He was one of his favorite receivers. And now there's also reports that Terrence Marshall – you know, who played at LSU, had a pretty good season a few years ago, and is now on their team as well. That's a great group of receivers and running back. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall, and Christian McCaffrey. There's all these skills. So really, at this point, if he busts after this, then then, I, then I'll be completely done with him. But we finally get to test and see how good Sam Darnold's skill set, skill set really is. And want to know where he's ranked at, Daniel? Oh, give him to me. Lay it on me. Uh, QB 31. So it basically means he's not getting drafted. (laughs) It doesn't get sleepier than that, sir. (laughs) No, I think it's a, he's a perfect sleeper candidate. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on that. Sam Darnold. I I guess for me, I I still can't get over like, (laughs) you know, the jets are gone, but the, the stench is still there. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, you, you, you're right. You know, you made a solid point. Adam Gase has left the building 
And, you know, Sam Darnold does have an upgraded offense. But, man, like, I just, you know, watching those games last year, you know, watching the Jets just yeah. leave it in the middle of the court, it's, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's too hard of a sell for me. I, <laughs> I, think right, 30, well. I think 30, I think 31's too high. I think 31 really? is a tad too high. Really? <laughs> well, you know who was the 32nd quarterback I almost put on here at Who's the time that? I was making this? Uh, Cam Newton. Get out of here. No. I, I would have th- – before, before recording this tonight, I probably would have – if you would have handed me Cam Newton and Sam Darnold, I would have been like, bro, just give me Newton. <laughs> like, I know New England That's may not be as part. good as they used to be, but <laughs> Sam Darnold – Dude, you just watch and see. I will. I may. I'm. I'm probably gonna pick up Sam Darnold at the end of the draft, or oh, if I have an open roster space, just as a second quarterback, just so I can show you, <laughs> and trade you to him, and take Russell Wilson off your hands no. whenever he outperforms Russell Wilson the first five weeks in a row. You are very optimistic, sir. And like I said, it's my the the Jets, the Jets tenches. Still there, dude. All right. Well, with this next guy, I really hope the stench from last season wasn't here. He finishes the QB twenty-eight, and I'm talking about Tua Tagovailoa. Now, the one thing I want to point out between these three guys that I mentioned—not necessarily their own growth, but their supporting casts—I talked about Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. I talked about Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall, and now with Tua going into year two, his deep ball is looking more refined. He gets Will Fuller in week two because, you know, he's going to sit out his suspension. Right. Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson, speedy guy, rookie Jalen Waddle, supposed to have been doing great in camp, Mike Gesicki, and Miles Gaskin. There's so think- much potential there. I don't. I don't know how you have him below, like on this list here, below uh, Sam Darnold. I would, ten out of ten times, would I take Tua? Well, I, he's, I, he's the QB twenty two right now. Exactly. He's QB twenty two. How are you and gonna try only... to sell me on Sam Darnold and just keep Tua back here in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> well, I may leave with Tua and then pick up a Sam Darnold, or I may get a Joe Burrow and then have Sam Darnold. I'll be. I'll leave Tua for you if you want, but. <laughs> You know, you can get him towards the end of your draft as to a guy here. No, and, but but to your yeah. point, I, I I think you know Tua's got he's got great weapons around him. He's got you know a, a pretty solid tight end in Mike Kosicki. I even flipped him into my lineup a few times last year to cover some bias mm-hmm. between Evan Ingram and Noah Fant, and you know Ooh. I was pretty close from just keeping him. Yeah, I, I didn't have a good tight end season last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I was lucky if I got maybe just a few points. But I, I digress. You know, new year, new season, new sleepers. Right. Um, you know, Gusecki's, Gusecki's there. I was a Dev- uh, Devonta Parker owner. And, you know, yeah, I, I think I, I, th- I thought I saw the same thing about Jalen Waddle. You know, he's he's got a good team built around him. And mm-hmm. honestly, the division is looking better and better for the Dolphins. I can mm-hmm. see the Dolphins having a breakout year. You know, I may eat those words midway through the season, but I think if there's any team in that division posed to break out, assuming Tua performs, mm-hmm. it's the Dolphins, man. 
Yes, sir. Miami fans have longed to hear it. Dude, speaking of Miami and the Dolphins, I want to kind of segue in here into my sleeper tight ends. And I can't do a sleeper tight ends list without mentioning the guy I just mentioned as one of the great weapons for Tua. And that is Mike Gesicki, the guy who you had on your team uh, last year. Oh, yeah. There's with the weapons, I think some people would look at it and say, well, that's going to take away from Gesicki. You know, you've got Waddle, you're going to have Fuller, you're going to have Devontae Parker, like Albert Wilson on jet sweeps. Like, that's going to take away from Gesicki. But if you look at Tua's tendencies, he loves to throw to his tight end. And my logical thinking, fantasy brain going here, is that if my favorite tight end, my favorite target, isn't double covered well i'm just i feel like i would throw more to him right oh yeah i, I would agree to that 100 percent. i think having good weapons in your wide receiver that will draw the defense's attention mm-hmm. just leave a prime bit of real estate maybe middle of the field right across maybe, the middle of the field yeah, yes sir five five to ten yards uh for a tight end flip you know mm-hmm. i think that's that's something that owners should be looking out for with yeah. tight ends. You know, you know, maybe you don't get the the Kittle Kels, you know, Waller package, but when you're shopping around for these tight ends doing your research, pay attention to the ones that, you know, may have a all star wide receiver or two, you know, rocking mm-hmm. it out there because they're gonna draw the attention and you can benefit from some short tosses, you know, maybe a few at a time, even a red zone look. Safety net, you know, and, yeah. Safety nets, just some some consistent catches, attention, some consistent mm-hmm. yards. That's all you can really ask for with the tight ends. I think, you know, if you teeter those expectations to, you know, maybe I'm not going to get a tight end that's going to go off the way the first, the top three will. But, you know, mm-hmm. a consistent five to ten point, five to ten points a week is, man, that's solid stuff. You can't you can't overlook that, dude. I think you're reading my mind because I literally have here. Like, so Gusecki's going as, like, the 12th to 15th tight end off the board, right? Right. And I think he's the perfect person to target later on in the draft. If you can't secure one of those top, you know, I I have a top, like, five tight ends to kind of target. That being, you know, Kittle, Kelsey, Waller. Not not in any particular order or anything like that either. You know, Kittle, Waller, Kelsey. I would throw in TJ Hawkinson oh, yeah, in yeah. there and Mark Andrews. I think he may have a resurgence. So those, uh-huh. if you can't get one of those top five guys, I'm A-OK with waiting later on and targeting somebody like a Mike Gesicki or one of these other guys that I'm about to talk about. He's a favorite on in your eyes, but I really just want to nail this home with you, dude. He's Tyler Higby. So Higby... Got an upgrade at quarterback, and I will dare to say he got an upgrade because it's Matthew Stafford. Stafford is the underappreciated goat. And we all know that Stafford loves throwing to his tight ends, right? Oh, yeah. We, we could see that all the time with TJ Hawkinson last year, especially in the red zone. Hawkinson was just this beast, especially because they really didn't have like a receiving presence on the outside. Now, I know that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are still there, but, you know, Stafford loves his safety net tight end that bigger target and i think higby really fits that mold especially now that gerald everett the other tight end who was on the rams roster is gone he's not there anymore and i think that 
just further solidifies the presence and the potential for Tyler Higby and what he can do this year. And you can get him around the same range. He's going in the same range as Mike Gesicki, you know, later on in the draft. And I honestly, I think he fits that same kind of mold, you know, where oh, yeah. you, know, you don't, you, you don't get one of those top, like we were talking about one of those top five tight ends, you know, and then you just wait. Cause honestly, I talked about this in the bus video, but I'm not touching Noah fan. I don't want to go anywhere near him. I don't want him. I don't want Logan Thomas. I don't want Robert Tanya. And those are guys who I've seen going ahead of Mike Gesicki and Tyler Higby in drafts. No, as, a, as, a, as a Noah fan toner, man, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, mm-hmm. as I'm looking at, uh, you know, tight ends this year, I am very high on Tyler Higby. I, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty much almost the same point I made about Gesicki where you've got, uh, first off, you, you got a quarterback who loves to throw a tight ends. That right there is added value alone. Secondly, right. you've got two star wide receivers in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods who are going to mm-hmm. attract that defense attention. Where where is field? They're going to stretch the field. And where are your tight ends going to sneak? Where is Higby going to sneak in? Into mm-hmm. middle of the field. You know, one, one person, one person to beat out the gun. And he's got the talent to do it. He's not just some schmuck benefiting off of the situation. He is a good tight end. He's carved himself right. out a role last year. That's why he wasn't going away. That's why we were seeing both of him and Gerald Everett dance around each other. This mm-hmm. year, man, it's it, – I forgive me for saying it, It's the Tyler Higby show. It's the Higby show. I'm on that I Higby am, hype train. I am on – I am well on that Higby hype train. If he – if you were looking at tight ends and you haven't yet thought of Higby, get him. I am big on him. I'm probably going to shoot for him as one, one of my first tight end picks. I don't. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact I'm not going to be able to land one of those top guys because they're going to be kept. Higby, right. Higby hype train. Cannot say enough about how great I'm, how excited I am to see what he does. Right. I mean, he, like I said, I think you could put him and Gasicki in that same mold as these are like the true definitions of sleepers, right? Guys you're getting yes. later on in the drafts. And I think Higby has potential to break into that elite tight end group this year with the volume like if what we're believing to be true you know with the way that we've kind of set up these rules and their own expectations for these tight ends with these great players on the outside you know stretching the field opening up that middle going across and we, we know Matt Stafford likes to target his tight ends in the red zone and that just adds even greater value to him and that's amazing value that you can get halfway through your draft you know and you yeah. don't have to risk you can stock up on running back or wide receiver and i know you're, you're definitely probably gonna take you know sam darnold and pair him with tyler higby i get it dude you just love <laughs> sam darnold uh well well <laughs> your your bold predictions aside i think yes. you know middle of the middle of the draft who, who you're picking in those you know fourth fifth sixth rounds really does decide whether you're in that playoff contention or not. And, mm-hmm. you know, guys like uh, was it Higby, just you can't not get excited for that. You you right. have to, have to, have to keep him in mind when you're in thick of it in the, uh, in mm-hmm. the do or die rounds of your draft. And by the way, Clayton, I, I feel like I could go on and on about draft strategies. So, you know, mm-hmm. if we get some time, I'd love to just, you know, even do a whole episode, a quick little bonus Dude, thing on that one too. Let's do it. <laughs> Tell us it about covered. our last one. Tell us about our next title. Oh, dude. Well, this last guy is 
someone who's probably not on a lot of radars, probably will not be on your radar, but I want you to consider him, Daniel, okay? All right, all right. His name is Adam Troutman. He's ranked as the tight end 20. Wait, Troutman? Like like the fish? Yep, or Trotman. I guess it's Trot- not O-U, it's, it's A-U, yeah. Adam Trotman. Uh-huh. Okay. He's yeah, ranked I haven't heard, at the haven't heard of him. Tight, tight end 20. He's a guy who may get undrafted. I don't know if a lot of people would take him with their last pick unless, you know, they're listening to this or listening to other advice podcasts or articles that tell you to take him as a sleeper. But why is he worth fighting for at this point at the end of your draft? Well, let me tell you, Daniel. I know you're dying to know. Hey, I'm, See, I'm just not learning about the guy. You know, mine's open. You can't take him as your last pick because you're already set on Sam Darnold. But I'm set on Darnold, right? Yep. The winning <laughs> B- QB1, QB1, overall QB1. So from QB31 to QB1, it's perfect. But Adam Trotman plays with the Saints. Michael Thomas is hurt. We know he won't be back till past midseason. And right. Jameis Winston is in a QB battle that we know of to become the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. If Jameis Winston wins, and that is a big thumbs-up plus for Adam Troutman. I'm picturing how Cameron Brait and Jameis Winston were a few years ago when Winston was with Tampa Bay. He was a monster across the middle, and there were a few games because, you know, Winston was very inconsistent, and I think that's something you need to take into consideration when looking at Adam. But Cameron Brait was a guy that Winston would look to consistently in the red zone when they were trying to score a touchdown. And with Michael Thomas not being there, I mean, yeah, you may go, you may think, oh, well, he's got Alvin Kamara, he can toss the ball out too. Well, Jameis Winston doesn't really like to throw the ball to the running backs out of the backfield. That's more of a Taysom Hill type of thing as he's scrambling. So if Jameis Winston's there, I already talked about in the last episode, if you want to hear more in depth about why I think Alvin Kamara could be a bust this year. So definitely, then if you understand that concept, coming over here, yeah, I don't think Alvin Kamara is going to get the ball there. I think Jameis Winston is going to want to do Jameis Winston things and throw risky throws. And that means throw to your tight end because that's a safety kind of guy. And guess what? You take him with your last pick, you know, Hey, let's say take him with your last pick. Jameis Winston wins the, wins the QB battle, right? I could see him going off for the first week or two if that connection hits, or I could even see him if nobody takes him, Adam Trapman being one of the top waiver wire pickups early on in the season. So those are kind of guys that if you can find them, you take them, in my opinion. And then if you already set it tight end, trade them. Trade them to the guy who's stuck with the Noah Fant and Dallas Goddard to the world or the Logan Thomas or Robert Tunyon, like the guys who went for those picks right after Mark Andrews at tight end, right? Trade them to one of those guys. I'm looking at Troutman as such a big trade bait this season. So – now you know the name. You hear my reasoning. What are your thoughts? I I can't believe you figured out a way to make maybe <laughs> the sleepiest guy in anybody's radar <laughs> the the last <laughs> our last topic. That's incredible. You know, it's I will say, you know, take that with a grain of salt because I'm not a big fan of, you know, if Jameis gets it, if famous Jameis doesn't or yep. does get that quarterback but with that being said, folks, I mean, that's well, that's the deepest sleeper I think I've ever heard of. <laughs> you, you've, you've got more than enough here 
to keep the name in your mind. I, I'll, I'll tell you that you you've sold me Thank on the you. fact that I'm giving you I'm, enough info. I'm I'm going to be turning around watching this same situation, seeing where that goes. Because, I mean, you're right. You know, they're not going to have Michael Thomas for their first you know half of the season, maybe longer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You're you've got you've got just a prime suspect to. I'm not going to say have a, a breakout season, but to carve out a solid name for himself. I, I see, I see Adam Troutman as just, you know, being that, you know, waiver wire pickup that you, you know, maybe his first couple games, he does really well, carves out yep. a name for himself. And Thank you. Thank suddenly you. he's on people's rosters and Clayton said at first, you know, wow, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm just taken aback. <laughs> it's amazing. Like I, I never I... thought I thought I knew sleepers, but that was that's on a like a whole new level of sleep. Dude, <laughs> that's like a I coma. This... Is it, can you kind of call him that? Is, <laughs> yeah. He's a coma pick. He's a coma. No, I think there's a better term for it right here, <laughs> and that would be Adam Troutman. You were the first Clay's play of the season. The ultimate sleeper. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, just just watch and wait and see. You know, and really. Being an ultimate sleeper, I mean that that's 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 what this whole segment's about, right? Guys who you wouldn't expect to do anything. Like come before the draft, your expectations for Adam Trotman, I don't think they were very high. I don't think you had any expectations for this guy. I didn't even you know, they were not they were not existent, <laughs> right? Now at least you're thinking about it, right? I don't know if this is gonna cause even more stress on draft day, but you know, that's something that you and I get to kind of talk about on a potential bonus segment later this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Plus, you know, keep in mind, folks, the more names you have swimming around your head on draft day, maybe the better prepared you are. Maybe, right. you know, the less you're going to scramble to try to grab whoever's the highest on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate for being prepared. Um, we can go right. deeper into a lot of what I think. But, hey, keep these guys. Keep, keep Adam Troutman. Um, keep you know, a lot of these, you know, ultimate sleepers in your head, you're only going to do good. It's only going to benefit you. Hey, dude, I want to hear, because at the beginning of the show, I kind of talked about um, what my definition of a sleeper is coming forward. Now that you've heard all these names, you've kind of heard the examples I've given. A lot of these examples were based off of my definition of a sleeper. Now, I want to kind of hear a little bit what you think defines a sleeper, and do you feel like your definition is justified by any of these picks oh i you know i'm i don't think i'm too far off of you know how you're thinking about for me a sleeper is somebody who isn't even on your radar at the beginning of whatever period of time you're looking at researching um Mm -hmm. somebody who maybe uh gets swept to the side that is an afterthought you know you can't turn on espn and hear about guys like Adam Troutman, especially on these on those you know like mansion you know no 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 bad mouthing them they're great for what they are Right. But I think, you know, a definition of a sleeper for me is pretty much exactly what Clay just served up right there at mm-hmm. the end. Somebody that you may may not have even heard of you. They may be stuck behind a an older, you know, more veteran player or they may just maybe, you know, overshadowed whenever it comes to, you know, those star players on an offense, you know, take the the Allen Robinson situation where, you know, mm-hmm. you can 
you can definitely take that wide receiver, give them a lot of attention, and it just carves out some space for somebody else to make a play. And who that person, that's somebody else, that's a sleeper. That's that's what I think, you know, a solid sleeper would be. Thank you so much for that, Daniel. Dude, thanks for coming on, first of all. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to take the time out of your precious night. You know, just got a new Xbox, and you're not even playing it yet because you chose to sacrifice your time uh, to no. hop on this call with me and work with our – be a part of the first-ever remote Clay's Plays with potential not-so-good auto audio quality that we had on the first episode. But you know what? As a reminder – we are pro social distance here. Pro social Clay's distance. Plays. Clay, I got to yeah. correct you. You know, sacrifice is the wrong word. This was um, an amazing, I had a fun time tonight. <laughs> I'm actively looking forward to the next time I can hop on with you and we can talk more. I had, this was, this was an awesome way to end my night. You know, Dude. Well, I'm honored that you, you would hold this show and this talking in such high regard, dude. You're awesome. And, you know, with this, that's it you know that's the show guys it was awesome we had a lot of fun and stay tuned honestly for potential bonus episodes i think the plan is to post every monday in this preseason but hey if we get some bonus content out there you guys will know about it and those will go up on fridays when we do oh yeah and And if you if you disagree with anything we said you know clay's the one with the email on his send him all of the bad, all of the bad say, you know, you're crazy to think that Adam Troutman's even going to pop up on our radar. I'm ready Let for all know. the Sam Darnold hate. Bring it to me. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm by. My email's drafted right now, but my oh, strongly perfect. worded letter. <laughs> <laughs> Your strongly worded letter. Well, like Daniel mentioned, you can email me at claysffplays at gmail.com and I'll get back with you and maybe your question or roast of my picks We'll even make it onto the next show. We love to give the shout outs like that. Oh, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me, Clayton. This has been a, a ball of a time. Dude, you're absolutely welcome. And would you like to would you like to would you like to end us, Daniel? Oh yes. Yes. All right. All right. I just need you to repeat these three words. Ready? Ready. And with that. Break.